Good morning, everyone. The Mary Griffith Show is underway on this January 2nd, and I can't think of a better way to start off the new year than with the great news. I mean, if you're looking for a downside today, don't bother. I don't think we'll find one because Catherine Mekas Baki, Catherine Baki Mekas is here. Oh, my goodness, I get it so <laughs> messed up. Anyway, Catherine Mekas is here, and she is the executive director of the Community Foundation, which serves all of West Central Illinois and Northeast Missouri, 13 counties in all. And we're going to start off with, uh, it's not news, we've announced this earlier, but it's actually happened as of today. That's right. You have a new office location. Yes, we do. We do. Uh, and we're just, we're thrilled to be downtown. It took me, you know, three minutes to get here this morning, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is nice to see you started downtown kind of at the 8th and State area, 6th right. and State. And then you moved out to the east side of town. You had beautiful office space mm-hmm. out there. But now you're back downtown. Tell people why the move. Where did you move, and how did you pay for and facilitate the move? Because that's <laughs> uh, a good story there. Sure. So, um, yeah, so we've been out over uh, East Main Street, 4531 Main Street, for 10 years. And quite honestly, our lease was ending at the end of 2023, and we were about out of space there. So we knew it was probably time to start looking for um, a little more breathing room um, from where we were. And uh, downtown was kind of the target area. Uh, we definitely wanted to contribute to growth downtown and be close to so many of our different partners we work with, both from nonprofits and attorneys, professional advisors, things like media, things like that. So uh, we spend a lot of time driving back and forth from from our from our old office location to downtown. Um, and. It took a while to kind of browse through the available inventory, things like that, and uh, just, you know, sometimes it's serendipity and and you you find something that's just going to be perfect and the timing is right. So we were very blessed to have the opportunity to purchase our uh, space at 621 Vermont from a former board member, actually. Um, So it it ended up being the perfect amount of space for us, the perfect location. Um, We've got everything all on one level, a conference room, a consultation room, and we'll have some space to host presentations and workshops and all sorts of great things. So we're just we're very excited to be there. Now, when people hear about a move like that, did you purchase the building? We did purchase the building. Okay. And that's always nice because when you're a not-for-profit, you can't really write off anything in a sense. So it's it's much more financially advantageous to own than to lease. Yes, there's quite a bit of analysis that uh, went into the decision. Um, But with such a fantastic building and a fantastic opportunity, um, everything really just lined up. We've been preparing for um, many years for for this type of opportunity. So we were able to to do this debt free, um, which we're very proud of. And uh, just that's all thanks to the fantastic support of our donors of our community. Um, And yes, long term, this is going to be a fantastic investment for the foundation and really stabilize us uh, for the long term. So it's a great financial investment in the long term. You're back downtown where you feel like the hub of business at such as yourself should be. You do work with a lot of attorneys and things like that, so you'll be close to them. Uh, and, you know, you'll be, like you said, have more room for people who want to learn more about being a donor or groups that want to come in and maybe inquire or have classes about how to be a recipient. And we'll talk about both of those aspects difficult sometimes to explain what the community foundation does you do you have a great little elevator speech that is just fantastic um but there's really two aspects of it you give 
away money, but you also collect money. So, you know, it, you you are both ends of you're the circle. You're the complete circle. Yes. The Community Foundation is our region's charitable endowment builder. We are the only organization that is building permanent funds to support the growth and prosperity of West Central Illinois and Northeast Missouri, not just today, but for tomorrow. So we work with donors who also share this vision for a, a wonderful, prosperous um, region. Uh, we create endowments with them. We grow those endowments, and then we make grants off of the earnings. So it creates this perpetual source of uh, funding for our communities uh, forever. And that forever is the key part of all of this. Um, you had a, a very significant gift uh, at the end of last year. Every gift is significant uh, because people will give what they can to the community foundation, but sometimes when you get a gift over a million dollars, it does make a big difference. And this million-dollar gift, million-dollar-plus gift, talk a little bit about that gift and how that facilitated moving to 621 Vermont and knowing that you own the building, but you got to keep the lights on, you have to keep the staff paid. Uh, you do give out a great deal of money to charitable causes, but you also have to have staff that you know, nurture that money and provide with that money. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about that. Sure. So actually, to be clear, uh, the million dollar gift uh, from Barb McLean that we received uh, is completely separate uh, from from the building. We had already planned for the building. That's that's purchased. And the million dollar gift from Barb McLean, actually 100 percent of that goes into our community endowment fund, which is purely for unrestricted grant making to other nonprofits. Uh, so this was a fantastic, unexpected gift that we received uh, at the end of the year um, after all of our building stuff had already been planned for. Um, and so this is going to allow us to continue to grow our flexible grant making. Uh, you know, we can't always predict needs and opportunities that are going to happen. Uh, we don't have a crystal ball. So Barb McLean's estate gift of $1.1 million is really going to empower us to be able to even better respond and react to those needs and opportunities that we can't predict. Uh, so it's really going to boost our, our community grant-making program every summer. My guest today is Catherine uh, baki Mackis, and she is the executive director of the Community Foundation. And we have them on once a month because it's so critical that people do understand, even in the back of their mind, this is the kind of thing that doesn't touch your life well, it probably touches your life almost every single day in some way, but you're just not aware of it. Because let's talk a little bit about not only how much money you've given out in aggregate in 2023, but to how many different agencies, individuals, charities. Um, let's talk a little bit about that impact, because a gift of $250 to someone can be as life-changing to that organization as a gift of $250,000, depending on what their total budget is. You help a lot of good doers in our community who are just all volunteers. They don't have an executive director. They don't have this big, you know, chief financial officer and professionally paid fundraiser. So you help the very smallest of charities to some of the very largest of charities. That's right. That's right. It, you know, it really takes all sorts of people. It takes all sorts of organizations to make a community as strong as ours is. And, we have a lot. We have a really fantastic nonprofit community uh, here in our region, uh, and I think that's a reflection of just how caring our region is and how generous our citizens are. So, yes, everything from those grassroots, uh, all volunteer organizations to organizations as big as things like 
you know, Chaddock and the Salvation Army. Um, it, it takes all kinds and everything in between. So the Community Foundation is here to grow the funds uh, that support these organizations and continue to give back to our community and, and strengthen our community. So uh, just recently in December, kind of our, our grand finale for the year for grant making was that we distributed more than $400,000 to about 60 different local nonprofit organizations uh, from endowed funds. And those grants ranged from, like you said, $250 all the way up to $74,000. And that just really shows the range of the endowments we have, and it just shows the potential that these endowments uh, may have in the future. And that's where this is so critical and where this comes in. This will permanent, this is permanent. Yes. And um, uh, when somebody puts money into an endowment or a group has an endowment, uh, they can restrict how it is spent or they can say just for the general needs. And so when you hear about an endowment for Quincy Community Theater, when you hear about an endowment for the Salvation Army or for Chaddock, yeah, those are bigger organizations. They do a lot of fundraising on their own, uh, but they still need that permanent source of income that will come year in and year out. And let's talk a little bit about the stock market hitting an all-time high on December 13th. Don't know, have any idea where it is today, <laughs> but I know on December 13th we hit an all-time high. And if you just listen to the news media, you would think the economy was completely in the tank. Yet unemployment locally and nationwide really is below 4%. Stock market's at an all-time high. Inflation's still a problem. You know, there obviously are some economic problems, but it's not a political uh, discussion with the community foundation. You make your money based on investing. How does a thing like the stock market having a pretty good year help the community foundation? Well, of course it's good. It's good. It's good for good for the economy and good for good for us. Good for anybody who invests their funds. Uh, so yes, we we you know try to obviously keep a keep a finger on the pulse of that, and we're always happy when the you know the, the numbers have a, an uptick next to them. Um, certainly a stronger performance than 2022, but yes, when we can have a, an up market, that strengthens our investments and that strengthens our growth, and ultimately that means more money can go back out to the community. Um, but we try not to get too shaken up over ups and downs because we are in it for the long term here, right? We're here forever. So there's going to be up, there's going to be down. And when we're looking at calculating our grants, um, that's up to 5% of the endowment every year. And we do that over a 12-quarter average. So we don't just calculate that based on the past year's performance or that, that current balance. Uh, we're going to smooth that out over 12 quarters so that we do have this steady, uh, steady stream of grants going out. Um, because what we don't want is, you know, in a down year, the grants are really teeny, and then in an up year, the grants are really huge. We want to see it steady. We want our nonprofits to be, um, you know, be able to reasonably expect what those grants are going to be each year. And, of course, you have a full team of investors, and uh, Kaylee McFarland has talked about this extensively. One of your coworkers has talked extensively how you have this team of financial advisors. And, you know, everybody's investment strategies are different, but... When you're in it for the long haul, which the community foundation is the longest haul there is, it's in perpetuity. Yeah, you're happy on a day like December 13th because, you know, the stock market showed record growth that day or hit the top. But you don't want to have a year where you don't give out anything. And there can be a year when the stock market will be in negative territory. Right. But the community foundation, because it looks at the long haul, 
will always never take the top and never take the bottom. You're always going to be that nice median right along the middle. And that gives people continuity. It gives these organizations that are supported by the Community Foundation, it's like, wow, we're going to get $100,000 this year. And the next year it's like, oh, we're not getting anything this year. So it'd be better to give them 65, 65, 65 than 100, 0, and 15. And so you, you've kind of figured this out, and this is the way community foundations work. Yes. Yep. We're, we're here for the long haul. We're here to support our nonprofits. That's what we do. And just every year when we can see that number, that grant-making number increase, even if it's just a little bit, that's when we do our happy dance because we're here to support those nonprofits. Let's talk about the grant-making. Um, when you, obviously you're trying to collect money and you're trying to get people to give money to the Community Foundation through an, a, a grant, that are, through a fa- fund that already exists or to start a new fund. And there's plenty of opportunities to give to funds that already exist. And the difference is when you give to the Community Foundation, you are giving in perpetuity because your gift is not going to be spent, only the princip- only the interest earned, never the principal. And there are two very different psychologies in giving that. And I still notice when I read obituaries that sometimes people give to um, uh, a day-in and day-out fund rather than to a long-term fund. And they just don't know the difference. And, uh, you know, for example, at the Quincy Public Library, they have the Mary Weems Barton Public Library Fund. That is for the long-term needs of the library. And you can also give a gift to the library, but that will likely be spent within the next 12 months. That is not going to be a long-term thing. And so understanding when you make a gift what the purpose of the gift is. You know, smaller gifts are great for that day-to-day operational thing. We need those. Every Mm -hmm. agency needs those. But if it's a little bit more significant gift or if you say, I really want this to make sure this this corporation or this charity lasts for a long time, that an endowed gift is the way to go. That's right, and you, you're absolutely right, Mary, that it takes it takes all kinds of gifts. We like to have this abundance mindset when we're thinking about giving. It's not it's not a zero-sum game. It's not either or. It's really both and. Um, yes, we need to give directly to our nonprofits today, um, but we also like to make sure people understand that for organizations and communities to thrive long-term, it really takes that care, careful planning, it takes careful investment, and it takes this vision. Um, Uh, So when you're giving to an endowment, you're not going to see the biggest impact of it. And so it really does take someone who has that vision to see that their gift is going to have a bigger impact in the next generation than it has today, but it's going to. It's the difference between planting an annual crop like corn and planting a tree. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to reap that corn this year. And hopefully you'll have some seed that you'll retain and be able to plant next year. But that's a year-to-year-to-year constant doing. But when you plant the tree... You're not gonna. You may not even ever get to sit under the shade. By the time it grows mm-hmm. big enough to cast shade, uh, you may be gone, but the people in your community will still be there. That's right. And, and you think about the important. the best gardens have have everything, right? You've got your annuals, you've got your perennials. So again, that's what we're looking for uh, in our communities as well. You betcha. And it, it's so funny, um, you know, when you have that farming outlook and that farming aspect, which a lot of people around here do understand. You can't eat your seed corn. You have to have enough left to plant another crop next year. You also work with farmers in a very unique way because 
farmers sometimes are cash poor, if you want to call it, but asset rich. And they can actually give grain and some of their produce, some of their product can be given to the Community Foundation. It's very tax advantageous Mm -hmm. for them. That's right. Yep. We we do accept gifts of grain. Um, So don't bring the grain to 621 Vermont, please. Uh, But yes, um, you can transfer the ownership of of grain directly to the Community Foundation at the elevator. Give us a call beforehand to let us know if you're interested in that so we can make sure we've got an account set up. Um, But yes, it's it's advantageous for us and it's advantageous for the farmer. It's advantageous for the community. So we call that a triple win. You also will take um, planned gifts. And this was the Barbara McLean gift was planned over many, many years, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when people are doing their estate planning, we did have a few stories last week before the end of the year about, you know, the tax viability of giving at the end of the year. Now we've started a new year. So people are thinking, well, now how am I going to, you know, maximize, uh, you know, minimize my tax burden this year? And there are so many different ways to do that that the Community Foundation can benefit from. And uh, really, it, it is kind of sad in this world that we have the haves and the have-nots. But there are actually people who have saved for their retirement with an individual retirement fund, and now it's time to take money out of the fund, and they really do, don't need it. Mm-hmm. But they have to pay tax on it. That's right. That's Not right. if they give it to the community foundation, though. Yep, the community foundation or any nonprofit organization uh, would be glad to be the beneficiary of uh, RMD required Mr. Uh, minimum distribution from a, from an IRA. Um, so, and if you're 70 and a half or older, yes, that can count as your required minimum distribution from your IRA. Just make sure that when you are making that distribution or requesting that distribution, that it goes directly to the community foundation or whichever nonprofit you want to support. Uh, don't take it for yourself first and then send it to us. You want it to go directly to the nonprofit. But yes, and that counts for your RMD and you're not taxed on it. And um, you could actually make a qualified charitable distribution at any age. So it's it's a really smart uh, strategy to use if you do not need that RMD. So, you know, like I said, there is an irony in having a discussion that um, really, and this is what the Community Foundation, in a sense, is all about from the basis with the full circle. There will be people who can contribute, and there will be charities that need. And so this all works together to meet the needs of our community. Absolutely. Okay. My guest today is Catherine Baki Meckes. And she is the executive director of the Community Foundation serving West Central Illinois and Northeast Missouri. Their brand new office is at 621 Vermont. Are you going to have a big open house or something? Oh, we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah, okay. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, I'll let you think about that. Okay. Well, we, we head up to the Ursa <laughs> Farmers Cooperative and see how the farm markets are looking today. Bob Rivers and the 12 pains of Christmas perhaps we'll do to youpers one day after Christmas if we have time. But Catherine hadn't heard that all year, and I don't think you really missed hearing that, did you? No, <laughs> it's, I think not. It's a not. tradition. It's a tradition. Uh, let's talk a little bit. It mentions in their charities. And one thing that we talk about when we have Don O'Brien on from the Better Business Bureau is being very cautious about where you send and where you give money. And one thing that we want people to understand, the Community Foundation may have its office at 621 Vermont Street in Quincy. But if you want your money to go to Shelby County, Missouri, or Pike County, Illinois, or, you know, Brown County, or you want it to go to a specific charity, absolutely Mm -hmm. only to that charity, that is all within the donor's 
purview. And you certainly can make sure that you are vested, uh, that they have integrity, and you have integrity. Talk about how you, who watches over you, Catherine? <laughs> who watchdogs you? Well, we first of all, we have a fantastic board of directors who um, are just not only of hearts for their community, but are just really smart, too. Um, but we also are members of uh, National Standards for Community Foundations. So this is an accreditation through the Council of Foundations. It's a, it's a nat- national organization, and every other year we go through a rigorous reaccreditation process where all of our policies, all of our agreements, all of our documentation processes uh, are reviewed by an independent board from the Council on Foundations to make sure that we are meeting or exceeding you know, we shoot for the exceeding um, every single standard to make sure that we are the best stewards of our charitable funds uh, that we can be. So often when people serve on boards and uh, or they don't understand how a board works, many times, and I've been in both places, I've been overseen by a board and I've been a member of a board. The board tends to look down the <laughs> table, what does the executive director think? And that can be problematic because they're supposed to be watching over you, not you guiding them, you know. And so it's critically important, like you said, that these checks and balances are in place and that there never be any hint of any impropriety because reputation is the foremost thing. Oh, for any organization, absolutely. So uh, we, yes, we, we just received our most recent accreditation uh, a few months ago. Uh, it's it's very time-consuming, but it is absolutely worth it to make sure that all of our policies and procedures are up to snuff or, or better. And yes, I mean, with, with, with any nonprofit organization, that relationship between the uh, staff leader and the board of directors is critical for success because we've got the board who really oversees and ensures that integrity um, but they're not working on the day-to-day, no. right? So and they shouldn't be involved too much in the day-to-day. They shouldn't be meddling. So there's quite a bit of trust between the two, and uh, we see the staff's role to help educate on those day-to-day and the why, you know, behind some of the recommendations that we might make. But we also look to the board to think critically uh, and use their different expertise to to view every decision we make through a different lens. Well, this move would be a perfect example. 621 Vermont, first the staff has to say, wow, we're starting to get cramped. We can't do everything we'd like to do. We need more space. Now our lease is coming up. Now would be the ideal time. You don't want to have this discussion right after you signed a five-year lease. What's the point? But then you have to convince the board, and the board has to see that this is the best move, and that takes a while. It does. It does, and it it takes a lot of of planning. It takes a lot of preparation and analysis to make sure you're making the right decision, really crunching the numbers between renting versus owning, um, looking at the trajectory of the organization, looking at the the goals of the organization, and ultimately uh, determined that it made good sense for us to to move forward with the purchase of this building um, because we're, like we said, we're a long-term organization. We're here forever. So um, having somewhere that we can work forever and host all of the people that we uh, work with. We're in the people business, right, in addition, in addition to grant making, but it takes a lot of people to make all of those decisions and make all those programs happy um, and, and happen. So uh, having a space to facilitate that is, is crucial for us. We never want to end, uh, and I know you've got places to be, but I never want to end without giving people a chance to understand how they can contribute to the Community Foundation. You do not have to have 
a fund in your name or your family name, you can contribute right now to the Community Foundation to any of the existing funds. Mm -hmm. So if you go on their website and see all the funds that they host, that they oversee, that they run, uh, if you see one that has the same thought process, the same desires that you have, go right ahead and make a contribution directly to that fund Mm -hmm. because you know that that money will be used for that purpose down the road. That's exactly right. And if there's anybody from Shelby County, Missouri listening, I just have to make a special call out because the Shelby County Endowment Fund is less than $1,000 away from meeting their $15,000 fundraising goal to become a permanent endowment. So close. So very close. So if anybody wants to help us close that gap, um, you can certainly do that very easily either on our website or give us a call and we can we can help you to sort through that process. But you can call us anytime, 217-222-1237 to chat about your interests and how we might be able to support them. Well, let's talk a little bit. Let's dive deeper. Shelby County is trying to get a fund. A lot of counties have their own fund. And what does that mean? I mean, what does that mean? Obviously, it means the needs of Shelby County will be first and foremost, will be only exclusively first and foremost. But there's other counties that have the same kind of endowment fund. So how do those work and what benefits Mm -hmm. do they reap? Sure. So these are... um endowments that are that are developed specifically for that county by that county. So we invite any county in our service area to gather a group of volunteers, put together a council to be in charge of fundraising and grant making. And if that council, if that county raises $15,000, which is the minimum to start an endowment, the community foundation will match it with another $15,000. So you're starting off um, on a really great foot with a $30,000 endowment um, right off the bat. And Shelby County just got launched, uh, you know, kind of signed on to this process uh, just really over the beginning of the summer. And so being so close so quickly is a really great sign uh, for for the future because we give these counties three years to reach their goal. So we're less than a year in, and we're my gosh, we're going to get there really soon. Um, and it's it's really exciting because they're joining several other county endowments who have been established for several years over here in Illinois. Adams, Brown, Hancock, and Pike are all fully endowed and have been granting for years now. And then in Missouri, we've got Lewis, Marion, and Monroe. Just in 2023, met their match and are, are already grant making starting this summer. And so Shelby will join several other Missouri counties and our Illinois counties as well. Um, and it's just fantastic because when we have a 12-county service area, we can't be everywhere at every time. So having some boots on the ground, these volunteers kind of letting us know what the needs and opportunities are in that county uh, helps everybody. Well, you want to help as many people as possible in the way that is most needed at the moment. And so that's why you know, trying to decide from Quincy, Illinois, what Shelbyville or Shelbina or Clarence or Leonard needs is impossible. But those people know. That's right. They know what's important. And when you give to that fund, they're saying the needs of Shelby County are the only things we're going to be worried about. I mean, we're not trying for world peace. We're trying for the needs right here That's exactly in right. Shelby County. And I think a lot of people want to make sure that they're they're gift does stay local. And we always say, and we've been saying for years, you you preach this and, and it's very wise that, you know, we're not, you're not trying to say, don't leave any money to your children, you know, don't do this, don't do that. But if you would just give 5% at the end of the day, when the will was all read, if 5% went to the community foundation, uh, it'd be a an eternal 
uh, lasting gift uh, to the community that raised you, that, that helped you make you a success. 5% is small payback. It, it would be incredible if we all had that kind of growth mindset and that future mindset, what could be achieved in our region um, if everyone thought about just that, that small portion of their, of their wealth. Thank you very much, and we look forward to talking with you on the first Tuesday of every month. Absolutely. And, uh, folks, if you want to make a gift or if you'd like to learn how you can get a gift from the Community Foundation, their website is available. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mary.